Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode, episode 30, actually, of Covered It, uh, a golfy slash non-golfy pod- podcast brought to you by the boys from Quack Golf. Um, I'm once again joined by a couple of regulars, Scotty and Ben. What's the crack, lads? How are we doing? Any opening statements, Scotty? Uh, no, no opening statements. Good to be back. Good, uh, yeah, no, I have nothing, nothing strange to start, to start off with. Benji, how Good are you getting back. on? Good yeah. to have the Premier League back. All I'll say is, fuck the international break. Oh my excuse, God. Excuse our language there, folks. Sorry, sorry. I know we're going. Parliamentary, unparliamentary language. But um, yeah, it's good that the international break is over, although I'd rather have it back now as a Man United fan. Um, Benji, you were Patrick. down in Wentworth. I was. Uh, Patrick, I'm just wondering, have you been adding any football teams I, or fans? I have not. Or... Unfortunately, I have Carl. not. I've, yeah, I have I've, been, not. Uh, I've been following Gary Evans and Carl, hoping that they uh, <laughs> add to someone. I was wondering who they were going to add this week. They're running out of people to add. Like, how many more Man United players can you add? They're all injured. They're all so injured. They, or yeah. You won't have a squad by the end of the year. There'll be all sorts of things coming out about players. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's pretty um, bad. Uh, Benji, down in, in, in Wentworth this week. Um, I must say, I like the place. Uh, yeah it's good it looks cool I'd love to play it and I, I do love watching it every year actually what was it like down yeah, there it, um, yeah it was good I do like Wentworth Wentworth very nice grounds are spectacular <clears throat> some of the houses around there are just really like, yeah you wouldn't believe very um, K-clubby vibe I assume isn't it kind of K-clubby but like next level above that okay well. Um, but my big issue with it is that it's a it, the layout is like a big horseshoe so like the ninth hole is as far away from the golf course pretty much as you can get Oh. Um. So if you're out, you're out for the day. Like you're basically out walking one, all the way through to eighteen. Oh wow! Um, so it means like if you're going out to find someone, it can take a while to get out there. But if you're just following through the round, then it's fine. But so um, like one and eighteen are the closest to the clubhouse, and apart from yeah. that, it's it's okay. Yeah, everything's out there in a big horseshoe. So. Not ideal. No, no. But it was good. Yeah, no. Yeah. The, the, I was down Jesus, there. Robin gave us a Robin gave us an old scare there, didn't he? Got oh, the we were getting going. excited. Um, yeah, disappointing that he didn't kick on, but good to see him in contention or there thereabouts and yeah. making a cut, playing a bit of weekend golf. So hopefully now he's got his his national open up on this week. So fingers crossed he, he goes well. Uh, yeah. yeah, did I don't know if either of you saw it, but I um, you know that Twitter page is it Nuclear Golf. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but Robin featured on that, and it was Did like, he? it was like, is this okay? Question mark with like a skull and crossbones, and I was like, oh no, please don't go in on something to do with quiet white camo, with, yeah, or something to do with the camo. But it was actually, I think, his playing partner, um, pa- Pablo stood, or Habal. Yeah, it might have been Pablo or the other one he was playing with. I can't remember. Might have stood in front of, uh, like, it was mid pot. He had a big bendy pot, uh, left to right off the side of the hill, um. And he like there was he was just watching it bend and whoever's playing partners just walked right in front of him, like onto the line. He just put it and started like lining up his ball. But when I first saw it, I came up my Twitter, I was like, Oh god, no, what are they gonna go in on quite like clothing for something? But thankfully it wasn't us. He was looking well to be fair. Uh for anyone that doesn't know, we are discussing Robin C.O. Segrist, um, a quack French golfer who made the cut and was going well on Saturday. Myself and Ben were watching it, texting each other. Um, he, 
I can't remember how many under par he was b- before the seventeenth, Ben. But he, I remember well, he was he had a putt for par. He he managed to get himself for a putt for par, lashed it past, and then didn't make the one back. And I remember I'm I put down my notes. I remember saying that like that is up there at one of the hardest shots in golf is when you feel like you've say scrambled back to a point or where you have a putt for par and you're thinking I could make this, and then you lash it past, and then you have to now you're now under pressure yeah. to make the one back which you mentally did just did not prepare for so he ended up making double on 17 and i think he just parred 18 then did he yes yeah, so that was on the friday he kind of got with Sorry. it got to within one shot yeah uh, went into the trees on 17 and doubled it and was still was in okay position i went down on the saturday and watched him and he started yeah. uh kicking kicking birdie on one then pablo rahabal very nearly got a hole in one on two Robin chipped in out of the bunker on three. He should have made birdie on four. He then chipped mm. in on five. It was it was fucking yeah. all going on. He got to nine under, was within one shot of the lead. And then just, yeah, kind of the middle of the round came and then he started chasing and it kind of got away from him. But all while looking very well in some quack golf gear. The, very the... very well dressed. I heard there were murmurs in the crowd of who's the who's the really <laughs> handsome and well dressed French guy who's about to break the course record. Um, well, listen, look, uh, we will we will Antoine get back into Rosner. Wentworth. <laughs> we will get back into Wentworth later on. Um, but yes, Robin was looking great. Um, so much so, in fact, I um i really like the is it what color joggers do you call them the golden joggers or the brown joggers the khaki i think is the word khaki. that yeah. that one yeah those ones um because it really is we're deep into september now and i do feel it is jogger season i've written down here so um golden if you're looking if you're if... <laughs> I actually texture like son um so, yeah. I actually I made a few notes just as okay. I was down the BMW, different things to talk about, and I won't go through them all, but just since you mentioned them, uh, one of them was that joggers are better than trousers. And and Absolutely. just having watched uh Robin play with Nathan Kimsey, who's a very nice guy, um, and it's not his fault, but he was wearing a pair of foot joy trousers and they were just a bit billowy. And I just think if you can get a, a good fitting pair of quack joggers they look i think they look yeah. much better than trousers and they stay clean down the bottom the you yeah. know the big trousers get get dirty so get on to quackgolf.com folks if you want some joggers because it's jogger season um so getting into the pod um first of all just want to say thank you for people for sending in their stories questions topics and the likes into um quack golf's dms on social media Really want to start encouraging this now for the pod. Um, we want to make sure we can sort of tie in with whoever's listening, get some funny stories because there's no we know there's loads out there. Um, so Michael Halpin sent in a really good story on a topic we were discussing last week. Um, he said just listening to the pod as a little background. I'm a member in Bally Bunyan and caddied for about 10 years back in the late 90s, early 2000s. We won't do the maths on your age, Michael. Um, We staged the Irish Open in 2000, but the big reason Lynx courses don't want to host the events is lost revenue. The course isn't closed for a week. It's actually closed for general play, green fees for a couple of months before. So that's the biggest source of income for clubs like Ballybunion, La Hinch, Tralee. Um, the first year or two in particular, even the event itself runs at a loss. It normally takes about three years to break even. 
Um, so in uh, in fairness, that's some good insight from Michael there. Just because that's actually something I didn't we we discussed this at length last week, which we won't go back into. But it's just something that I didn't even really think about when making the claim that Lynx courses should be hosting the Irish Open is is the fact that they actually probably don't even want it, and the you have to think as well that the members probably don't want it. And um, they lose out on the green fees from America. So. Um, I was actually fairness, thinking about yeah. that as well, and about how links or links courses generally don't host them. And I just wondered, do do I, because Ireland is such a destination, it's not like any of those links courses need the exposure to get tourists. Like their books are are filled two years in advance with yeah. Americans coming over. Whereas, like if you went to a new course in, I don't know, like a, a more modern country playing golf that isn't renowned like Ireland is you might need that to push a bit of tourism to go to that area. But like our, our 10 or 15 top links courses are so good. They mm. get filled with Americans every year anyway. Yeah. So I was thinking anyway. Do you think then, do you think then on the flip side where like the Ryder cup has hosted a, or sorry, the, the K club has hosted a Ryder cup, um, like Mount Juliet, you know, as well known as well. Do they really need the, you know, the hype around the Irish open of like showcasing those courses. Do you think that like, they should be like, you know, Bandon Golf Club should host the Irish <laughs> Open or like, you know. The, the members go mad. Can't be doing Random golf courses across Ireland. They're just doing it for the getting a bit of exposure, a bit of hype. Like, I mean, I'd love to see just random courses hosted and just tours, just yeah. or tour yeah. pros just absolutely tear it apart. <laughs> Royal Ring and Anne. Royal Ring and Anne. Yeah. Um, so yeah, listen, folks, thanks very much. We'll try and get a story out on Sunday nights. And if you've had any funny golf stories that w- stories that week, please do send them in. Um, right, lads, any shout outs this week? I've got I've got a big shout out, Shani. Yes. It, does the name David Kennedy ring any bells to you? No. Well, it should. Because... <laughs> As many a times you've been out, uh, you've teed off on the 18th with a score and you've put a ball onto Port Marnock Beach. Yeah. David David Kennedy is a local space enthusiast who discovered <laughs> the meteorite. Yes. And if that isn't the most ridiculous story you've ever heard oh. coming out of Port Marnock, oh my word. I, this is that, wild. Ex, ex, just explain it for, some, for the one person under a rock who didn't see this this week. So David Kennedy, as I said, a local space enthusiast. Uh, walking along Port Marnock Beach early one morning finds a perfectly circular hole with a meteorite inside it and obviously it doesn't it couldn't possibly be anything else apart from a meteorite hit the beach and left this perfect circular hole so as you as you should he contacts Virgin Media News gets people down gets people excited um, only for that perfect hole to have been dug by four lads with little shovels and spades the day before and I just, it was the honestly... most brilliant thing ever like. um, and it so... did look it actually did look like it was very close to our course rather than the Port Marnock golf club was it I don't know imagine yeah, you just heard four it's when he starts talking about the rock and he's like you can see that it's got like the, the impacted side here and stuff and, look, and then some like there's a Canadian bloke jumped on then he's on the news reports on he's like Oh, I, I've come from a beach where did this stuff never happens. Blah, blah, blah. Just like, and I then get, they're getting pictures with the, the rock. Pictures, oh. yeah, pictures <laughs> with the rock. And then literally the first video under the Twitter thread is just lads with like kids <laughs> shovels just digging out a hole on the beach. Oh god, 
that um, that honestly kept me entertained for the whole week. I laughed yeah, it's brilliant. Laugh. Yeah, I must say it was brilliant. Um, Scotty, any shout out? Uh, no, I actually, I actually don't have any shout outs. Will I give you one? What yeah. about your, your Kip? A shout out to Kip. Just Kip in general, or how good? Well, Kip, Kip won is. this week, didn't he? Kip Popert, our Guinness correspondent. Oh yeah, well, I like Kip is way too good at golf. <laughs> Kip is he's just uh, like another one, another one that like obviously there's Kip obviously won during the weekend on on Tuesday or Monday. Ben was it in Wentworth? Tuesday, yeah. Uh, Tuesday and like. Kip is just stupidly good at golf. But a big shout out to Ronan Malarney. Another man yeah. wearing the quack golf. Dominating the, the, the Alps tour, is he? Nine uh, nine shot lead. Or he won by nine shots. Rommed home. Um just uh, yeah, we, we were gonna finally get gonna get to a quack watch where we had a bit of success to talk about Chani, but you ruined it. But what I'll say <laughs> about Kip's vic- Kip's victory in Wentworth, obviously the G four D golf for Dis- disabilities tour. Um, I followed him around on his final round on Tuesday and the G4D tees are slightly different to the men's tees, but on some holes, they're just at the front of the tee box on a few holes. They might be 10 or 15 yards further. And like Kip came from behind to shoot three under around Wentworth on pretty much the same tees as the pros, like pretty incredible. I think the next best golfer was two or three over. Um, Yeah, no, I just, I really want to play with him now. Run out of superlatives for Kip. He's a superb golfer. Surely uh, we can get a four ball going before the end of the year with Kip. Yeah, we, we yeah. Shout out Kip anyway if you're listening and to this. Please. He's playing in the celebrity Ryder Cup, right? Yeah. Bale, Novak Djokovic. Man, I, I hope there's a team photo there with the lads. He won't be wearing <laughs> quack, but I mean, you know, quack sponsored athlete. That's brilliant. Uh, and then yeah, to Rona Malarney, just nine shot victory on the Alps Tour, which is dominant. Like, to, when you get onto any tour, to be able to win by that amount of shots uh, is something special. So. Did that. That's the second win of the season, and he'll be playing Challenge Tour next season. So can't wait to watch him. Yeah, on the ball, on the ball. Um, I've got another shout out for someone who I constantly shout out, but to Ben Griffin, he's a PJ Tour player. His, and I know the older generation who listen to this wouldn't know what TikTok is, but his TikTok is so good in terms of um giving information back to the people as to how the pro golfer life is um if you bear with me i wrote a wrote a few notes on some of his tiktoks this week lads it was really insightful so basically we went into the pga tour finances and how they get paid and he was saying that most similar to sort of tennis professionals um they have two sources of income the golf course and sponsorship um each player is an independent contractor as is their caddy um, the tour doesn't cover expenses or anything like that. So they'd have hotels, airfares, caddy fees, trainer fees. He said that they do get a courtesy car each week, but that is actually not paid for by the tour. That's actually paid for by the sponsor, the tournament sponsor that week. Um, and he also mentioned that they do get breakfast and lunch, but he said that most golfers and himself, because of their strict diets and all that, they wouldn't, take up the free food i was just gonna see ben what do you think about that like would you would the quack quack golfers be taking the free food now or (laughs) i actually i think you'd be surprised i think the top one percent golfers who are looking after themselves may not do it but yeah you'd see most most lads would be eating lunch at the course okay they may not eat breakfast but they'll you'll always see them in the players lounge eating lunch there so yeah and generally generally the food is pretty good Shan I'd Mang, be taking the food. Yeah, you'd be straight in for two. I'd be players. straight in. 
Could I, uh, could I actually get two burgers instead of one <laughs> burger, please? Um, what the... was the food? Could you compare the players' food in the K-Club to Wentworth, Ben? What was it like? What was the difference? All very similar. Um, like the, the tour... Like what are we operation. talking? Chili con carnies, beef stroganoffs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, beef stroganoff, exactly. Had that there in the Irish Open. Nice. Uh, chili, a big array of salads. Like... It's yeah. all it's all good healthy food, and the tour has an operations team that organizes all that, so they yeah. know exactly what they're putting on. the uh, The setup over at the US Open was next level. They had Ooh, like what was an acai acai section. You could build your own acai bowl. Wow, uh, smoothie bar. There is a company called Good Walk Coffee. Yeah, it's like a there are golfers who set up a coffee company, so like their own coffee bar. Then you get all the hot foods, cold foods, cereals, anything you wanted. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so look, I love you, Ben Griffin, but I'm calling calling bull there on that one. Um, take your free food when you can get it. Yeah. Uh, I found it most interesting though when he went into sort of the caddy kind of stuff. So he was saying a caddy gets a base salary of fifteen hundred to four grand a week. Um, they get seven to eight percent, uh, on a normal week when they make the cut, and ten percent for a win. So, um, going by that, Ryan Fox's caddy probably made hundred and fifty grand this week. Maybe more. Not bad. Um, which isn't bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he gave an example. If basically, if he said if he wins the Masters, he, he'll win about four mil, and his caddy will get about four hundred grand. Um, Ted, how many times has Ted Scott, who, Ted Scott, caddied for Bubba twice? Like, yeah, I think I think he's he and he's and Scotty once. And Scotty so like he's brother. he's made one point two million just off the Masters. I'd love to see an unof. Surely somebody on the internet has done an unofficial caddy Steve lifetime Williams. earnings war like so, you know Steve Williams Shani yeah, yeah while all, but like all... Tiger is always out yeah. of you always kind of he's the exception so Steve Williams the exception here as well so no but I remember all while Steve Williams was caddying for Tiger Steve Williams was a top earning athlete from New yeah, Zealand in New Zealand it's mad isn't it yeah. yeah um speaking of New Zealand um does Ryan Fox, I wrote down a note here about where do pros live? Like, does Ryan Fox live in New Zealand? Because fair play to him if he's, li- if, like, do you know, say in the off season, does he live in New Zealand or does he try and get back to New Zealand in off-peak times? I think I he did say that because he said, he mentioned that his, uh, I think his father-in-law died after a very short battle with cancer and he, he spent a lot of time Going back, back to New Zealand to be be with his partner and all that sort of stuff. So I think he does spend a lot of time there. there Pro, is, pros do so much traveling. Like there is someone who's done an article here on the five rich top five richest golf caddies in the world. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot it up. Let's see it. As of um, as of March, uh, oh yeah, twenty fourth of March, um, this year, someone has done the top five richest golf caddies in the world. I believe they're all, it must be still, they're still caddying for the count. Fifth is Paul Tesori. Um, he was on the bag for Webb Simpson. Um, and then you've Tim Mickelson is number four. He earns approximately half a million a year dollars. Then Michael Greller in three. Yeah. yeah. Second is a guy called Jonathan Yakovac. He's on the ball or on the bag for um, Dustin Johnson's. Uh, Justin Johnson, he was on the bag for. I thought um, it was his brother. It was I thought it was his brother as well, yeah. but here, Boston, yeah. yeah, and then but there's a picture of him here with Marikawa. So, oh, okay. So I think it must just be a typo when he meant to say Marikawa. Um, and then number one is Jimmy Johnson, 
who's on the bag for JT. So Jimmy Johnson, jo- Bones. Bo- Bones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that Bones' his name? Yeah, it must be, yeah. Uh, you'd have to think, there. yeah, Bones would be number two, in fairness, yeah. yeah. Okay. Jimmy Jones, Interesting. Um, just going back to Ryan Fox, you know who his dad is? Oh, yeah, he's a ex- he's an ex-sportsman from New Zealand, either cricket or rugby, is it? He's a rugby player. He won the World rugby. Cup in 1987. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. 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 M- MBE. Really? Wow. Yeah, big dog, some, Grant. Some, some sporting family. Grant, I would just I? like to point out before we get into the Wentworth stuff that I said at the Irish Open that I'm a big fan of Ryan Fox and I'd like him to be in my stable, put it in my notes and just didn't mention it on the pod last week, but just had to get that in there. Yeah. Um, just anyway. going back to Michael Greller, you know, he used to be a school teacher yeah. and, just was, and was just looping, I think, in Whistling Straits like one summer and it just fell into place him and George Smith for whatever reason. Yeah, and he just he just became friends with him, or what? Yeah, I think, I think he, he I think he used to teach him, or or there's there was some or some connection that they had, and I think he ended up just looping for him once, and he just was like teaching at the time, and he was like, "Oh, screw it, I'm gonna go all in on trying to be caddy for this kid because I think he's unbelievable." And yeah, well, that's actually a good segue into just the last bit on what Ben Griffin was talking about because he said that he started talking about his his um caddy and caddies in general and he kind of said he was kind of talking about caddies as if uh, like very kind of business like he was like yeah they some caddies will bunk up together some will stay at the cheaper places some will stay here some will stay there and I was kind of texting Ben I was making these notes and I was kind of saying like I thought a caddy and a player came as like a twosome they'd always stay together they'd always live together they'd travel together they'd do everything together but the way he kind of I don't know. Just the way I kind of got it from him was that there's a lot of just business like you're my caddy, yeah. I'll see you at the first tee kind of vibe. And I was wondering what you think, Ben, is there, what do you think the percentage would... of friends, i.e. Greller slash Spieth versus business? I, I would say like less than 10% would would room together or like wow. travel together and do that sort of stuff. So much of it is just business. Like you look at Anytime you talk to a couple of caddies and I just I generally just ask them oh, who do you loop for before and they they've got a list of four or five different players. Yeah, they they like, move around, yeah. There's it's a real like inner circle. Once you get into the caddying and you're good at it, then you'll you'll pick up a bag fairly easily. Um but yeah, I, I Yeah, sorry, no go for a bit. I was just gonna say I would say majority of caddies do their own travelling, they book their own stuff. They might stay together on majors or something like that if it's an expensive week and the player is kind of looking after the caddy for that, but yeah, the majority majority of caddies stay together. Like, I know Dion's caddy does a lot of rooming with uh, Shane, uh, John Murphy's caddy Shane up. Shane O'Connell. Yeah. Oh Shane yeah, O'Connell, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I was just Jeez, just while you were talking, I, be, yeah. I was looking at stuff and like into caddying. And just for on the previous point, um, Bones' real name is Jim McKay. Jimmy Johnson was uh, uh, JT's um yeah. previous caddy who then got injured and then Bones became full time. So I was just reading here about a caddy's life and it was all about bones. Um and it was down as Jim McKay. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's, God, that if I sense, was yeah. if I was a PJ tour player, I'd have the couch hotel bed out for you every night, man. You wouldn't have to book. You'd, you'd stay Thanks, with me. Shannon. We'd bunk together, pint together, we all grand. Yeah. And I was talking to someone about this. Like I quit quit after three weeks. <laughs> you you kind of do want your own space after spending six hours together every single day, if not longer, sometimes when you're at the range. 
if you look at the if you think about say lee westwood and his wife caddying together like so you, you travel for three weeks and he's not anymore because he's playing live but say he's back when he was on the european tour you might travel for three or four weeks at a time you're she's carrying the bag for you then you're staying in the same bed together then you go home on your holidays for your break and you're together again like that's yeah you know, that, that's you a just, lot of you just run out of things to talk to talk about yeah i mean like... i'd love to get a caddy on the pod eventually um i don't know maybe it's because we caddied we all caddied as youngsters in the old head of respect for caddies i'd love to yeah. hear the inside workings of we'll get someone caddy on. life anyways um right oh that's the the shout outs done um so i still have another topic before we get into wentworth um so i was really i'm really enjoying at the moment the sort of rise of the fly on the wall kind of sports documentaries there seems to be a new one every week yeah. and um i don't know from like when i was a youngster i was a huge man united fan and it was like obviously there was no social media and i don't know maybe different times but like you never got to see the inside workings of Sir Alex dressing room or any of that. Whereas now, nearly every year you've got a new Amazon Prime documentary. You got Newcastle this year. You know you've had City Spurs. You've got Welcome to Wrexham, um, and then even in the other sports, um, the cycling, the golf, the tennis. There's a really good documentary on Ricky Hatton out at the moment. That was excellent. There was one uh, a cycling one on Mark Cavendish. I haven't watched is this it. But a, is this an told a, ad read for Netflix yeah. or what? No, yeah. listen to me. I've got tangents. There's tangents here, but I'll eventually get back to golf, right? Okay. Just let me at it, right? I've got a lot of notes here, and there's like branches, and it goes all over the place, right? Anyway, enjoying all the sports documentaries that are out at the moment. Actually, my first um, branch on the tree, Ben, was in the Burnley documentary, which is really good. Yeah. Um, they mentioned something about if they got relegated again, you know, there's parachute payments for the team that drops down from the Premier League. And I was wondering on my first branch, um, if a player loses their card on the DP World Tour, is there any system to sort of help them drop down? Like, I don't know, do they get money or what happens if um... you lose your card? Are you just gone? See you later. You have to get it back again. Or do you, is there any sort of parachute system? Well, so the European tour is made up of categories and depending on how you finished the year before, if you won, what event you won, is what sort of category you're playing. So you want to be in the top 120 at the end of the year. That gives you full playing rights to the next year. Mm. Um, If you're from 120 to 140, you're the category outside that, which means basically they'll take an event like the French Open, they'll fill all the places for the players who say they want to play and then it just keeps going down through all the categories until eventually the 156-man field is filled or however big the field is. So, so the could, higher up the yeah. category you are, the the more like that you're going to get into bigger events. So I don't know about parachute payments. I know that I think this year was the first year that the DP World brought in a base amount of money that you earn. So you get your card, you get 150 grand. And okay. then I think once you start earning more than 150 grand, through winnings, then you start to take that home as well, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, um, so you could so lose was... your category A1 card, but you might keep like a D3 card or something. Yeah, which yeah. which means you might not get into the bigger events next year. You might only get the outliers. Yeah. Or you, you have to drop down onto the Challenge Tour and then try and finish in the top 20 of the Challenge Tour to go back up into the DP world. 
Yeah, sense. because you know the way you hear people say, oh, he lost his card. It's not necessarily mm. as black and white as no. losing. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, so anyway, yeah, sorry about talking about all the different sports. I, I Just on my other tangent, um, someone was slagging me recently about the fact that we do go into lots of different sports. But listen, I just love sport in general, not just yeah. golf. And when I'm playing golf, I don't just go around talking about golf the whole time. We talk about loads of different sports. And it reminded me of... Um, do you know Soccer AM, the old soccer sports show? You're laughing there, Great Scott, age. right? Great so age. they were a soccer show, right? They were a soccer yeah. show, obviously. It's in the name. But back in the day, they tried one season where they had a Soccer AM all sports show. Um, hmm. And Podrick Harrington won a tournament and won a load of money. And he came on to give an interview. And so they said to him, oh, what are you going to do with all the money? And he said, eh, um, I'm, well, I'm saving up to buy a jet. So they were like, that was a crazy answer, obviously. And then for every episode of the Soccer AM All Sports Show for the rest of the year, they had like a, a kind of a, a counter, like a, a scale. Every time he won prize money, they topped it up on the scale for the, for like, say, the, at the top the was the jet. The and yeah. the value of the jet, and it was like, oh, Potter Harrington is seventy five percent close and closer to buying <laughs> his jet. Um. So yeah, listen, if 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 people give out about us not talking golf, then that's the reason why is because we like sports. Anyway, just to get down to my finishing point on this um this banana tangent that I'm on, it got me thinking about is golf the national sport of any country, um other than what I assumed maybe Scotland. And I figured out that actually it is only the unofficial sport of Scotland and there are official and unofficial sports of countries, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, so a national sport is considered to be an intrinsic part of the culture of a nation. Some sports are de facto not established by law as say sumo <laughs> what are you laughing about lads so say like sumo in japan gaelic games in ireland it's on on wikipedia here gaelic games in ireland yeah and um say golf in scotland but then other sports are de jour established by law i.e taekwondo in south korea um so i didn't know that that there was like official and unofficial national sports of which scotland has golf, but there were some really interesting ones. Shinzi? So, sh- no, it's not mentioned here on Wikipedia, the 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 source of all accurate information. Um, can you tell and... me what I'll get right here? I'll give you an easy one, right? Can you tell? So Canada has a as an official winter oh, ice, and an official hockey. summer. So winter is ice hockey, correct? Summer is lacrosse. Mm. Um, the there's a brilliant one here, though. Um, have you ever watched Kabaddi on Sky Sports? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The unofficial sport of Bangladesh. Um, for anyone that hasn't watched it, uh, look up Kabaddi. It's a, it's a, I don't know, it's slap, like a game of like warrior tag where you have to, yeah. there's, there's one guy that's called the, um, 
the raider and he has to run into a group of lads and try and tag them while he can only do it on one breath so he has to keep shouting kabaddi 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 <laughs> to prove to the ref that he's only doing it on one breath and he has to go in and tag as many people as he can anyway um so yeah did, it's it's, it's did, an interesting um, topic did Paul Harrington ever get his jet <laughs> <laughs> we must check that out i think Right, um, from this is complete hearsay, but I think I remember at the time hearing that he did get his jet, and he sold it a few years later because of costs. Yeah, I like I think, think he, I think he might have had his own jet around, like his 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 pomp, and then he. I don't. I don't think it. owning a jet is a good business decision unless you're. No. Yeah, unless you're the big so you've boys. Got more money than Podge Harrington. Actually, yeah. Ben Griffin in his TikToks mentioned PJs like you did last week, private jets, Ben. <laughs> He said, um, which I thought was wasn't too bad. He said it cost the the big lads a hundred k a week for the for the PJs. I thought it'd be apparently boring. apparently NetJets is in all sorts of trouble. Got bailed out by I don't know American Airlines or something. But apparently there's it's not as profitable as you think running a PJ business. Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um. So anyway, folks, golf is the unofficial sport of Scotland, not the official one. Right, lads. After all that, Wentworth, we get into it. Ryan Fox. I mean, like, I, just more, but I don't know what else there is to say. Like, we've already covered a lot of Wentworth already. Like, for me, what about Ryan Fox? Like, he played unbelievable golf. Like, okay, he won a golf tournament. For me, it was huge to see the amount of, I know they say all oh, the Ryder Cup team made the cut, but like some of them mm. fell off near the weekend. But it was just, I think I texted into the, I texted the two of you there at one stage and it was, Maybe around like halfway through the round or like at the first third of the round. What was there? Six of the lads that were all up in the top first yeah. page of it, yeah. which is good to see. You want to see people peaking, even like, okay, Tyrrell and Aber. I know Tyrrell kind of half threw it away a small bit, like one bad drive, but Aber got a bad day or Aubert. Doesn't Nick Doherty say that way? Oberg. 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 Yeah, Oberg is the correct. He, Oberg. You, you don't say G at the end. It's like Aubert. Aubert. Okay. I, yeah. I do. Um, I have a bit of a story about him. <clears throat> from Tuesday when I was there. Uh he the Ryder Cup team had just touched down. They'd all arrived in their lovely BMWs. And I walked past him as he was signing one man's autograph. There was he was the only person that had recognized him. Um and I was heading towards the putting green to go talk to someone. And then I looked back and half an hour later he was surrounded by about 60 people. And for the 30 minutes he stood there and signed everyone's autograph until they were all done. So Ober, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Bloke. How do you think it did Nikolai Hogard's confidence this week? Like kind of doing so badly compared to the rest. One sec. I just heard someone ring my doorbell. All right. Back. Um. So, yeah, sorry. How do you think it did Nikolai's confidence this week? Um, Seeing as kind of everyone else kind of did well. I know you made the cut, but. I don't think he had a good week. Um, I was I was I was watching an interview with Eddie Pepperell, and I think everyone was kind of like really positive about how all the twelve guys are here and they're all playing together. And he was kind of like, mm, I don't know, because you know if you played bad with your playing partners, you know, in the Ryder Cup a few weeks time, it wouldn't do well for your confidence and there's a lot of pressure on you. So I don't know. I loved it to be honest, but I think I think um, one of the things that was probably like it depends who. 
you know, known debates, Ram, Rory, Hovland, Matt Fitz, Fleetwood, you know, you know, the, the people who were like, there was no debate about them getting a spot. I'd wondered about the guy, you know, there was talk about Shane on like social media. And then there was talk about like, you know, okay, I know Bob qualified himself, fair enough. But then, you know, Nikolai Hogard and, and Aberg. And then Morant comes out and the first couple of days was flying. Like he, he played real good golf for the first couple of days. So I was wondering, like, was a bit of pressure piling on them as well of being like, he's going to yeah. show up now, play. Like I thought it was going to be like written in the stars that Moronk was going to romp home and win in Wentworth. And then it was going to be yeah. a big F you to Luke Donald. But I think like, I think them all making the cut is good. You just want it. Like I think Nikolai, at one stage I think Nikolai was nine, 10 under, like he was in double digits under par. Whereas like, I don't know if Bob, Bob didn't get up that high. Yeah. Um, Bob fell off and JR fell off and so on, but um, oh, I'm, like... I'm I'm buying stock in the European Ryder Cup team. I think, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I haven't looked at the odds, but I think they're probably favorites. Has even to like, be, uh... yeah, even like Big I actually, Four and Sep. I mean, I like... was wondering actually. Mm. Um, I looked up Paddy Power last night to see who the favorites were. I think it's still America, but I was wondering like, would they be favorites on the sort of European websites and yeah, and the Americans, you know, but um. They all did well, didn't they? Um, I, Ludwig. I also, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, I think the European Tour has set it up well to have a couple of big tournaments. I think it probably Bob's the only one who's playing in France this week. Um, but I think they set it up well to have them all, all, of them, all of them come play in Wentworth two weeks before. Now they take a week off. They go into it with a bit of form. Whereas in the US, they've got you've got a few lads playing the Fortinet Championship. Like, no really cares no one gets up for yeah. that i just think the europeans have played that quite well yeah um i made a few notes here i, I actually watched a good bit of it over the week to be honest I, I found it quite good to watch um first hole apparently it was, looked really hard so apparently hard. less than 10 percent chance of hitting the fairway if you hit driver as a professional yeah. golfer so they were all just like feck it i'm just gonna launch it anyway and just try and hack it out of the rough um, I also really like having a really tough first hole because if if there's a guy who has a lead coming into Sunday, it could all be gone in the first hole, which is great. Um, especially with two par five finishes on seventeen and eighteen. Um, I do you know the way we were slagging Sepp Straka, um, because he's not Austrian. Well, yeah, Victor Hovland is one hundred percent Norwegian because he hit a really bad tee shot on I think the Friday. And he screamed something Norwegian at himself. So I thought that's a very good gauge as to whether did, or not. Did you see the video of uh, Hovland and Oberg sp- yeah. talking to each other? I I would imagine that it was. I saw the video, and I don't know either dialect, but I I, oh, assume, really? I assume that he was speaking Swedish. Well, to... what I learned via the comments was that oh. uh, Norwegian and Swedish are. Almost because identical. the comments are so accurate. <laughs> no, the there comments. was multi- multiple people had replied this. Sorry, go on. They're Swedish and Norwegian are almost identical, but kind of have different dialects and accents. But pretty much, they can they can talk you to each get other. By. So, if any Swedish or Norwegian person wants to wow. tell me I'm wrong, you know where the DMs are. We're learning a lot on this pod today. Um, um I wrote down a couple of notes as well as I was wandering around. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I thought, you know, obviously there was a rain delay on Sunday. Is Aaron Rye at an unfair advantage when it <laughs> comes out when it's raining because he already has two gloves on? <laughs> what? And to be fair to him, what about like that shot into great 18? Golf. Great golf. Yeah. Shot, that oh, it's great uh, to see him back. I'm still, um, 
so heavily against the double gloves and the iron covers that I can never, I just can't root for him. But I was a friend of the pod. I just, he's not, no, he's not a friend of the pod. Like a friend (laughs) of the pod is someone who's interacted with our podcast in any way or done anything to do with the podcast. We have just said from the start, Asher, he's a friend of the pod. Asher, we'd love to have him on. So he's not a friend of the pod. But Um, I was impressed with both. I would, uh, Billy Horschel, obviously he was playing big Millwall or big uh, Ooh, West, West Ham, Ham fan, yeah, apparently. That I'd say he regrets saying that because like every single hole, Irons, Irons, come on, you Irons. <laughs> and then I was sat, he was playing the group ahead of Robin on Saturday and I sat and there was a load of British lads and they're like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say it, I'm going to say it. And he walks past them and they're like, all right, Billy. And then he looks him up the Millwall. <laughs> they all like shit themselves laughing and I'm like oh you didn't help yourself there Billy um, and then my my final anecdote so Nathan Kimsey was playing with Robin hit a wild drive on I think maybe 11 called for these four lads standing there didn't react knocked a can of beer out of his hand so then up by the green I see Nathan's caddy talking to Nathan's manager who's outside the ropes gives him something and then the manager goes over to those guys. And so Nathan Kimsey took his credit card out of his bag, gave it to his manager and got his manager to go buy a load of drinks for the lads, for the guy whose beer he knocked out of his hand, which I thought was pretty sound. <laughs> so le- lesson for life there is if you're at a golf event and someone shouts four and you see that it's going to be nowhere near you, just throw yeah. your beer in the air and be like, yeah. whoa, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> just in so, case you get a free beer. I think they got a round of beers rather than a, a signed glove. So what a nice glove. Um, I thought, thought that was a touch class. So obviously we're big fans of Ryan Fox. Great win. Um, he actually had a seven on I think it was his third hole or whatever. So he's three over, starting his day, and he stuck at it and came back to win. So he probably would have romped home if it wasn't for that. Also great to see Tyrrell Hatton at it. Nothing beats a Tyrrell Hatton f bomb on TV. Um, and especially every time he does it, and the commentators have to apologize for it. There should be like a red button. Um, just to watch unfiltered Terrell Hatton and Shane Lowry yeah. F-bombs um, I also had a note on can you tell me who is 73rd on PJ, on the PGA Tour for strokes gained around the green so 70. 73rd out of what 180 I think it was or something no I can't Aaron Roy it's Shane Lowry yeah so everyone goes on about his, his short game. This isn't a... I'm not having a pop at Shane. He's one of my favorite golfers. But... um, And his short game is magnificent. But 73rd in the PGA Tour, I thought he'd be higher. Just saying. Maybe he needs to, to work on that. Yeah, but that's that's just this year, right? Yeah. Could have been so why he just... wasn't doing so well. Yeah. Um And um, yeah, when you mentioned the rain delay there, Ben... Uh, we all know I love Ewan Murray, so I was just listening to Ewan Murray, um, velvet voice during the rain rain delay, and he gave some really good insight into Rory's swing. Um, whenever I hear him talk technical, it's so good because he's so knowledgeable. But basically, he was saying that he's sick of seeing Rory open stance open and trying to fade the ball. Um, he thinks it's why he had he has the odd bad tee shot, and he also thinks it's why he sometimes nukes wedges over the green and um, he just wants to see Rory go back to playing his natural um, his natural shape like a lot more often with his draw um, 
um, which I thought was interesting. So maybe Rory could give Yannick Paul an old uh, <laughs> a lesson into moving the ball from right to left, Scott. Um, but yeah, my, that's my only takeaway from Wentworth. And do you think you know that red button that you have where it would just be who'd you say Tyrrell and was John Rams the other one you said? Shane, for, yeah, John Shane, Shane yeah. yeah, Shane, yeah. just for f bombs. Do you think on that red button we could also get it where um, there's no Paul McGinley commentating? Because the <laughs> my tough. big takeaway from Wentworth was sitting on the couch watching the golf was the amount of times I was just there going, Jesus, Paul, shut up. Just, he, he talks such waffle. He, he just talks for the sake of talking. Oh, he can't just, do it silence. Yeah, yeah as as a, as a what did I listen to recently? As a commentator once said, sometimes silence is the best. Yeah, commentary. Don't get in the way of the of yeah. the viewership. Yeah. Oh, he'd be just talking absolute waffle. Speaking speaking of commentary and Sean, I'm not sure if you would have picked up on this, but uh, did you see the dame was wondering why Tom Kim didn't make it into the American Ryder Cup team? <laughs> did she no she didn't no really Swear to God. so if it's good enough for her it's good enough for us <laughs> oh that's no. brilliant that's now, amazing now, now she's brilliant. a friend of the pod she like <laughs> yeah, she's the dame is a friend of the pod um anyway um okay so we might finish on Ryder cup pairings and touch on ireland's best 14th hole but before we do obviously the solomon cup is this week um coming up can't wait for that do we have any sort of inklings or any idea at all as to rumours around who Leona is going to be paired with? Because Mel Reed's not on the team, isn't it? Yeah, Mel Reed's not on the team. Um, yeah. But I actually have no idea. I, I don't know who she'll be paired with. I, like, again, we're... Uh, but we I think about... what, what I suppose the point I'm making is like we would have seen... I don't think I don't think anyone really knows yet because we probably would have seen a bit of the chatter on Twitter as to who she's with. So it'll probably come out this week. Um, because the ladies tour... Know. The ladies' European tour isn't as strong as the as the men's European. We haven't really had an opportunity to see the ladies go out in pairings together or anything like that. So. Exactly, yeah. So we don't really have an um, idea. You'd assume though but, throughout um, the week that the hype's just gonna it's gonna get a lot bigger. A lot more yeah, stories are gonna yeah. start coming out. I mean, the other thing as well with the, with the European team. What did we say that there was six or five Swedes and six? Yeah, they'll all surely play. Six yeah. Nords. So like, do they play together? I mean, do you put Charlie Hull and Georgia Hall together? Two English on the team. There's another one. Um, Leone, Leona and Celine Boutier, Ireland, France. Yeah. Or, or you could go um, Gemma Dryberg. Is that how you say her name? She's got, she's got it. She's on the team too. So you could put Leona yeah. with her. A Celtic team. Yeah. Another interesting um, uh, fact I picked up during the week. Uh, Ludwig's caddy is Madeleine Sagstrom's husband. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, was that on TV or yeah? So Ludwig said he's going to be going to the uh, Salon Cup, do a bit of practice, watch a bit of golf, and then head over to Rome. So that's interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of Rome, uh, let's get into pairings. I've got a few notes here. Vic and Rory are going to play together. You're just you're you're buying into the hype from the European uh, tour videos. Then listen, I'll, I'll expand. Right, expand. I do think there was de- there has to have been thought from Luke Donald into the pairings of threes at Wentworth. So there, you had four yeah. threes mm. together, like they're the like call it the pod system or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm. Like I wonder is it a sort of system where there's a two in there and there's a sub? Um in which case because I think he's not gonna play Ludwig on Friday morning. I think he's gonna sit him Friday morning, let him feel it out. 
So yeah. in that case, then it would be Vic and Rory would start Friday morning, potentially first out. Ludwig sits as a sub. Team of killers there. Then if you work it down, it sort of makes sense because then you've got Shane and Tommy with Sepp being a sub. Um, you've got Fitz and Rose they with are, yeah. Bob being a sub. Um, and then you've got Tyrrell and Ram at the bottom with Nikolai as a sub. Team mm. of violence there. Um, so it kind of makes sense. Like if you look at it that way, that was there a team of two in there with a sub? And, you know, the yeah. only one that I don't think it works though is like Ludwig will come in Friday afternoon, I think. But you don't want to drop main reason, or Rory. So. The main reason I think he put Ludwig out with those two is because I, I know crowds. Ludwig is, I think, to experience yeah. a, a Rory crowd and a Victor crowd. Yeah, but I, I also think I also think Ludwig will play with Vic as well. So I think yeah, does same. Ludwig come in come in play with Vic and then Rory drops and plays with Shane maybe and and or Rory drops and plays with Ram and Nikolai doesn't play at all on Friday. I think Nikolai may not play until Saturday no. afternoon. I think I the think fir- so the first pairings as well. You also have to like to think that like this couple of people who are guaranteed to play. Like there's no way Rory, Hovland, Ram, Hatton, Fitz don't play. In the first yeah. eight people, so like eight people, yeah. So in the first, in the first like four pairings, obviously the Adams. It's just three people to fit in with around the rest of them. If you go, I think it's fairly set on that John Ram and Hatton. Like if, of all the pairings that I was going to bet on, it'd be that one, and then probably the next one that I would bet on would be Jr. and Matt Fitz. Mm. So then from whoever's left there, you know, you've still got Rory Hovland who are guaranteed to play realistically, um, and then you've got two more curveballs. So whether they play together. Well, they play with someone else, and if you go with the Shane and Tommy, um, but I I like the idea of the I, I think together. my picks I think my picks are are locked. I think my picks are guaranteed. I, I do like your your logic, Shani. I yeah. think, but is it yeah. a bit too simple? You know, okay, here's two and one sits, and but yeah, I like it. Well, no, I like. I mean, I don't. No, it isn't that simple. Um, because I don't think. Yeah, I I think Ludwig. I think that's the. It'll be Vic and Rory, Shane and Tommy, Fitz and Rose, Tyrrell and Ram. And I think in the afternoon, Ludwig comes in, play with Vic and Rory drops down to play with Ram. And then I think the two in the middle, there's always like, there always has to be space in terms of like, you see who hits fire, who like, who's on form. Like somebody, like a rant, like Fitz and Rose could stink or they could just, they could be our best pairing. You just don't know. You got to leave her in. But also if, if Rory and Hovland win four and three in the morning, you're riding that train. You're not taking them off each other, you know. Correct. Yeah. And then what do you do with Ludwig? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm just excited. Right. Yeah. Um just to finish this week then, Ireland's best fourteenth hole. Um I got some suggestions from um friends, i.e. Carl Lynch said Mark O'Meara course in Carton House apparently has really good fourteenth hole. Yeah, I haven't played it in a long time, so I can't remember. Oh, was that the yeah. one down by the river? No idea. I think um, it might be. But the, the 14th hole is generally, I don't know, you might hide hide one. The European oh, club think. came through, 14th hole. Yeah, we actually forgot about the European for their 12th hole. Because <laughs> their 12th is very good. You, it's that big, long par 5 down by the water. Oh, it's par 4, no? Oh, sorry, par yeah, par, par 5, yeah. And then I think the 
No, it's par 14. four. Twelve is twelve is the par four with the big drive then, down water on the right. And then you fourteen is the par five. Yes, fourteen is the par five. Yeah, yeah, they're both very strong holes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, St Patrick's Links number fourteen would probably be Correct. my pick. Yeah, you're driving out to the Donegal Sea if that's the name of the sea. Um, and then you, you take a sharp, <laughs> a sharp turn right and it's a majestic hole. You're kind of hit like a rescue out, out there, not quite as far as the beach. And then you're hitting a little, a little mid-iron into the... Just, into just the short green. of the beach that hugs the Donegal Sea. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're on the green and you look back and it's majestic and that probably will be my choice. But there's a few other... we got a couple of suggestions from Instagram. Um, Gar Evans says hashtag um rashford out no, it says, <laughs> he says 14 at malone par four no. slight dog leg, dog leg right to left down towards a green and the lake never played malone, you played yeah, malone? Play malone though. Heard, heard great things about malone though to be fair must get up there and play tom gilfoyle says st pat's yeah and uh baltray 14th nice short drivable par four I'm trying to have a think have you played baltray ben no, but I walked it with Sean when he played it. When oh, he was yeah. Playing yeah. In the... Oh, the open qualifier. Yeah. Anyway, Ross's point, par four, 14th. Oh, I just. I was thinking we don't have anything is... at oh, this point. Though. Is Ross's point the one right down to the sea, down to the Sligo Sea? No, I think that's on the front line. But I can <laughs> be, be extremely wrong. No, it's not. It's definitely on the back line. No, it's, it's definitely on the back. I know the one you're thinking I, of then, on the back I think line. from general reception, I think don't I don't think anyone's going to argue with the St. Patrick's Links one. Yeah. No, Marnock Golf Club. That, that one in European is very good. Bunclody, yeah. the par three. But oh, that is a great par three in Bunclody. Yeah. That is a great I hole. love that there's a hole from Cove Golf Club in our 18. It's <laughs> such a good golf hole. And, it, and we don't have a sing we single hole from Tralee or La Hinch. So yeah, yeah somebody somebody was recently giving me absolute dog's abuse that there was a, a and I was like, go Google the hole. Go look at the hole and just see it. It's cool. It's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm um, all for the golf hole. Right. Yeah. Graham Catchpole is all over St. Patrick. Shane Dalton says honorable mention for Blaine Rowe. Um haven't played it, but I've heard it's a spectacular course. That looks so really imagine... cool, like a really cool course. It's like a load of cliffs and stuff. Looks cool. I also really Park. like that. I also really like sure. that we haven't mentioned. Uh, we haven't mentioned one uh, hole in the links in Port Marnock, or it hasn't brought <laughs> up a conversation at all once, and it, and, it, and it won't either. And it probably won't, to be fair, because there's no real standout. Well, the fourteenth in um in the new fourteenth in the links from I won't mention his name, but I got a, a long message from a, a disgruntled member in the links. About how the new 14 with the links looks like a big GAA pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the members, it's a big long par five, semi featureless. Is that a certain uh, junior cup member? Junior uh, I won't get into it with there, folks. We'll leave it there. Don't want to lose my membership. Um, it's been a, it's been a very insightful pod this week, lads. I've really enjoyed it. Um, once sorry, again, sorry, hold folks, on. Sorry, are we are we sorry. settling on the 14th in uh, St. Patrick's so. Links? Okay, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Out of the I don't think there any arguments there. Fair. Um, um, so yeah. Once Sean, again, Sean Carter said Royal Dublin, and he can he can do one. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Not at and, all. Sean. Sorry, I, I made I made one more note here that we didn't quite squeeze in, and okay. it was that I fucking knew DJ Khaled was going to pop up. Something to do with the fucking Ryder Cup. Like, just oh, stop giving him coverage. Oh, and we, we'd like to apologize to the listeners for the f bombs. Apologies there. for all. I feel like I feel like Nick Doherty here from Ben Ooh. this week. Um, Ooh, sorry, apologies to everyone listening. Sorry, a bit of, yeah. bit of anger built up. But you're dead right. Um, DJ Khaled is an absolute dose. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lads, what are you yeah. doing for the Ryder Cup? What's your What's your viewing plans? I'm I'm in. Oh, you're away, Shani, What are you doing? Because well, couch. Yeah, I kind of like to play a bit of golf though, and and then watch the golf. But <laughs> couch. <laughs> he full packet of hobnobs. Yeah, but the issue has it. been you can't when it's at home, like they'll tee off so early, you can't like it'll yeah. be the whole day. So, but maybe like um, some Thursday evening golf and Friday evening golf. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I like it. It'd that'd be really good if you both lived in the same country. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Just like FaceTime each other. I'm on the third. What about you? Oh, oh I meant I meant golf on the PlayStation. <laughs> Virtual golf. I do enjoy okay. American American time to golf. <laughs> I just think it like it suits so well to just sit down and watch it after you've played. Patrick, have you got somewhere to be? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I'm trying to get away from you folks. Yeah, okay. Um uh, right, lads, we'll leave it there for this week. Um please send in, in your stories for this week, folks, if you have any. Um and we'll try and read them out in the pod. We've been really enjoying some of the stuff that we've got in. So thank you very much. See you later, lads. Catch you next week. Ciao.